Hello and welcome to the final episode of Series 1 of the Cultural Enterprises podcast. Over the last seven episodes, it's quite clear that we have put together the best podcast in the world. Now, that may or may not be true, but how would we know? Was the series successful? What even constitutes success in this context? Streaming numbers, listener feedback, quality of content, production values? To find out, we would need to evaluate it, which is lucky for us, as this podcast is all about evaluation. We decided to explore this topic for the final episode, as evaluation is what you do at the end of a project, right? Well, not necessarily, as we're about to find out as we go back to the last of our conversations recorded at the Association for Cultural Enterprises Conference in 2019, when our Director of Communications, Robin cantrell Fenwick, spoke to three sector leaders about the topic of evaluation and why it can be so problematic. I'll let them introduce themselves. Hello, I'm Caroline Jones. I'm co-director and CEO of the Story Museum in Oxford. I'm Owen Taylor-Shaw and I'm Head of Business Development at Wales Millennium Centre. I'm Kirsty Shaper, I'm Publishing Manager and General Editor at Royal Museums Greenwich. And Kirsty, if our listeners don't know your museum, tell us a little bit more about it. Yep, so Royal Museums Greenwich comprises the National Maritime Museum, Cutty Sark, Queen's House and the Royal Observatory. So we've got quite a range. So we have, have about 2.6 million visitors per year, so we're in the um, top 10 sites um, visited in the UK. Uh, Wales Millennium Centre is the National Arts Centre for Wales, so we have all the kind of big blockbuster um, theatrical productions and musicals, um, and have very recently started producing our own work as well. So from 2016 onwards, um, everything from um, our own blockbuster musicals to international arts festivals and so on. The Story Museum is a most unusual museum coming to life in Oxford. Our mission is to enrich lives, especially young lives, through story. And we're currently um, in the final stages of building the museum, 2,000 square metres of historical site in the centre of Oxford, and will be open early 2020. Before we come on to the good practice and evaluation, what are the biggest, most common mistakes that people use when evaluating a new product, a new service? Um, who would like to kick off for me? Sometimes I think that it's, it's important to evaluate the right metrics. It's important to sort of know what the what the value is and what you're what you're trying to sort of what you're trying to calculate. I remember I can't remember where it was now. I remember reading about somebody written about KPIs that you can't fatten a pig by measuring it. So in the same way, you know, the 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 evaluation needs to show the appropriate like for like or the appropriate sort of growth in whatever it is you're doing. My personality and my kind of my um, character is 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 to sort of shy away from that additional bit of work. But uh, I have learned the hard way that it's it is the most important thing to be able to at the end of a project really kind of assess how well it worked or how and even more importantly how well it didn't work. See, I would also um, say that evaluation isn't just something that you do at the end of a project. Well, you should be really kind of constantly evaluating, you know, the progress on certain things. So in my position, we might have, um, we might be projecting visitor numbers for an exhibition two years, three years ahead. But then when it comes close to the time, market research has been done and actually we're revising those numbers down. So then we have to kind of make business decisions in terms of, you know, how much we're going to be printing, you know, all those kind of projects costs everything like that need to be revised in line with that so it's it's yeah I think for me it's very much you know we constantly have to be kind of just thinking about what we're doing and making business decisions that as we go along 
I suppose at the Story Museum I had approached evaluation more in terms of impact evaluation on our visitors and participants. So we're a very much an impact-led organisation. Um, we have a social mission, a learning mission at the heart of who we are. So I would say common mistakes around impact evaluation is actually a confusion around what that is. So for example, terminology like outputs, outcomes and impacts being interchangeable uh, within organisations. And my own learning curve on this is, is very recent despite 20 years of work within impact organisations and the cultural sector and I think partly led by funders such as the Arts Council just a, um, an understanding within organisations about how impact measurement is not just to serve the funders annual report it's not I mean that's that's unhelpful and, and reductive but as a continually learning organisation continually wanting to improve and make an impact on our visitors how else can we know we're achieving our theory of change if we haven't measured that on an ongoing basis so as part of evaluating the impact of your work you have an underpinning theory of change could you say a little bit more about how that feeds into your evaluation methods? Absolutely. So, in fact, it's, a, it's timely to ask the question because just in the last year, partly because we're a, a relatively new cultural organisation, have multiple funders at the moment, as well as a, a growing commercial aspect to what we do, there's a lot of both business process monitoring but also impact measurement in terms of um, our visitor and participants. So we've just devised a new evaluation framework that suits our organisation, our theory of change, and it draws on a num multiple methodologies in order to allow us to select from what are very successful models elsewhere, but being a most unusual museum with multiple facets, it was important to devise something bespoke to us. So we're in the pilot stage on that, so ask me again in six months, 12 months, how well that's going, but the point is it's an embedded and iterative process. So it's not about evaluating individual projects, but about, well it is, but it's doing that multiply across a number of different programs. It sounds like you're consciously trying to go much further than simply recording the list of, as you might say, outputs. Here, here is a list Absolutely. of things we have done. Absolutely. And, and that is in itself the evaluation. Absolutely. So for, for someone like yourself, Owain, who's working in a business development role, are you primarily looking at return on investment? Is that the main metric you look at? Return on investment is always going to be one of the most important metrics, but also, you know, because of the type of organisation we are, we are a charity, we have our kind of charitable values and missions, it also has to link in with, with those values as well. So it can't, unfortunately, it can't just make money for the sake of making money sometimes. Uh, there are other factors in play, so whether that's sort of linking with the programming, linking with the, um, with the outreach work and the charitable work we're, we're trying to do, and also so it's sometimes it's not purely the commercial gain. I was talking this morning in a, um, in, in, in a sort of uh, symposium about the kind of co um, marketing and promotional gain that you can have from uh, some of the projects that we have been doing in business development for Wales Millennium Centre. And one of the, one of the things was a, a, a sort of um, a tie-in or a sort of IP tie-in with, a, with a, a tea company, which brought us about five million pounds worth of advertising equivalent value. Now that was the about you know, that was evaluation that was sort of post campaign uh, monitoring and, and evaluation, but also okay it's, it's a huge chunk of money, but it was all kind of theoretical money, but nevertheless the campaign we were running with it allowed us to to have five million pounds worth of marketing campaign out of um, a, a kind of contra um, commercial deal. And for someone working in publishing, you're looking at. Again, is it a return on? Are you looking at book sales? Is that the? 
the um, ultimate evaluation? Yes, or? I mean, <laughs> to a certain extent. But obviously, part of the museum's remit as well is to put out a certain amount of research. So obviously, we need to, ser- um, to support certain projects. So some of them can be, you know, academic monographs which primarily get sold to libraries which aren't you know a huge commercial uh, income for the museum but they're very important to us and it's about therefore you you know there's also the benefit of that we might attract you know a higher caliber of curator to the museum because of they know what we're supporting but you know we, we do a huge range of titles so you know whether it's kind of children's titles um, through exhibition catalogues obviously exhibition catalogues for us you know are the big earners but don't always have the benefit of necessarily you know an ongoing exhibition program so we have to find other ways of kind of doing that. So if I can uh, ask you then we're coming on to doing a, a evaluation and, and doing it well how do you get past the the classic self-evaluation trap of you plan something you do it it comes to the moment when you review it you sit in a room and you say well I think that went well didn't we do well we did well by asking other people. So the Story Museum is in a constant conversation with our visitors, 50% of whom are under the age of 16, and there's nothing more honest than a seven-year-old. So I think what we've demonstrated and and continually are improving and systematising is that an ongoing conversation with our visitors is the way in which we continue to be relevant and to connect with them and to have the impact we're wanting to have. And I would say that the the risk of self-evaluation and and that self-congratulation is actually sometimes that's quite useful too. So I think we all... You can beat yourself up rather a lot um, if you don't take those moments of self-congratulation on occasion when it's appropriate. As an organisation, Wales Millennium Centre does an awful lot of uh, evaluation because of you know my colleagues in the development department and or fundraising if you want to, um, for, for another term they, they know they, they will do an awful lot of reporting back to funders and um, and sponsors. So we are very adept at that work but but from my point of view I, I like to look at it in terms of you know the, the 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 tea deal I mentioned earlier I brought in an external marketing agency to do that because we just didn't have the the skills in-house you're talking about somebody has to work out the equivalent value of people walking past each and every Tesco in Wales each and every Asda in Wales each and every all the supermarkets and uh, the, the, the the time nor the kind of skills base was was to be found in-house so that was a really enlightening project to be working on to get um, an external's point of view on it in publishing there are quite often books that you think will do really well and don't so actually we have a lot of mistakes you know for all intents and purposes you know you think you really have kind of a great title you know beautifully illustrated well written and then people don't buy it and it's from that that you learn and therefore you can improve that's not to say we're never going to make any more mistakes I think we will but it's acknowledging that actually you learn from those and it is a big learning curve but you've just got to keep you know going forward really. And what about the role of leadership so if you're suggesting there that failing and failing well is an important part of of making progress is it incumbent upon leadership to create an environment in which people can fail and not be afraid to say that didn't go well? Yeah, totally. I think it's really important. Um, You know, you need to feel supported to kind of, you know, either supporting your own team or actually having that support from higher up. It's about being honest and showing that you are going to adapt um, and change. Caroline, as a CEO, can people fail? Absolutely. I mean, it's the flip. Failure is the flip side of invention, creativity and um, risk taking, which is what creative organisations do. 
Yeah, I think uh, you know, permission is a double-edged sword. Um, you can give uh, empowerment and permission to your team, but you know you also have to expect that it doesn't always go according to plan. And actually, I would chip in as well. Um, in a, in a, an environment of accountability, where failure is not encouraged precisely, but understood in the context of a collective purpose and sense of what it looks like when it goes right. So it's not failure in the isolation of anything else probably wouldn't be very helpful. Brilliant. And um, I'm going to ask each of you uh, in turn, if you can think of an example where evaluation in your own organizations has ultimately changed the course of, of uh, a product or a service or indeed your organization as a whole, and whether there has been a moment of reflection that has caused you to either change direction or stop doing something and, and start something else. Because the Story Museum is a relatively new organization and we are in that constant dialogue that I referred to earlier, we're constantly iterating our programs. So we created an installation that we intended to be for very early years, so preschool children, transpired that it particularly suited foreign language groups and grandparents. And so we expanded on that installation, we left it running for longer, we changed the positioning of it. And so if you're constantly listening, you are constantly iterating. Um, and another example, which is more how evaluation can best be expressed. It's not always spreadsheets and data and numerous numerical data. We had a young boy who'd engaged in one of our school's projects years ago who stood in front of our board and told a story. The relevancy being that up until that point he had never spoken aloud in class. His own parents and teachers described him as more or less mute. Now I can't demonstrate the impact of the work we do necessarily through a spreadsheet or through a dashboard, but that speaks louder than any other form of evaluation and feedback, I would suggest. And my only regret is not filming it and then using that. Every time somebody asks me, what's the impact of the Story Museum? That's it. It's that young boy. Well, I think that is a much better story or example <laughs> than, than what I could ever give. But in terms of kind of cold black and white data, a recent deal I brokered was for a, a, a beer called Tiger Bay Welsh Pale Ale, which was meant to be sort of uh, around a, a theatre production of the same name that we produced. I have high expectations, um, but even it was an even bigger success than I'd anticipated. And then we looked at the facts and figures, looked at the sales, saw that it it, it did actually, you know, um, it, it sold well. And we're now on the back of of that, rolling it out as a commercial product across um, with distribution across um, supermarkets in Wales. So it's um, you know it doesn't have to be a huge kind of impact report you can just sort of look at your your sales i think do you know what yeah it's uh, th th this is a goer let's let, let's do it thank you very much so we've heard that evaluation is a constant process we've heard that it can be about the data and the spreadsheets and the uh, immediate return on investment in front of you but it can be so much more than that it can be about impact and the charitable outcomes of the organizations that you work for We've heard that it can be numbers or it can be the story from a seven-year-old child. And we know now that the source to go to for the ultimate honest feedback is that seven-year-old. So thank you so much uh, for being part of this conversation today. Thank you again to Owain, Kirsty, and Caroline. Indeed, thank you to all the guests we've had on the first series of the Cultural Enterprises podcast for being so generous with your time and your expertise. So, before we leave you, we still have some time for some top evaluation tips. Tip 1. What? Why? When? 
underpinning all the following tips are three basic questions. What do you want to measure? Why do you want to measure it? And when should it be measured? Asking these questions may provide some surprising answers and will certainly help drive the approach you require. Tip 2. Who. In addition to what, why and when, we now have who. Who are you getting your data from? Volunteers, trustees and staff from all levels and departments can often have hugely varied perspectives on what's working and what's not. And don't forget visitors. Cast the net as wide as possible for a more complete view of your project. Tip 3. Be honest, be open, be trustworthy. A pat on the back and an all-round good job everybody is tempting but ineffective. Praise should be encouraged when merited but don't shy away from a project's shortcomings. Make sure the evaluation process includes those that can be trusted to feedback on challenges and problems. Speaking of which... Tip 4. Don't dismiss what didn't work. As we heard earlier, failure is the flip side of invention, creativity and risk-taking. If something didn't work, it doesn't mean it couldn't work. Tip 5. Don't strive for perfection. The British Council states evaluation should help you to make sure that what you are doing is as good as possible for those taking part. As good as possible is the key here. Don't get bogged down with overly complex evaluations. Strip it back, ask the right people the right questions and you'll find it easier to produce an evaluation that adds value to your organisation. Tip 6. Do a proper evaluation. That's planned, reflective, organisation-wide, pragmatic, enabling, responsive. Tip 7. What next? If it's done, and done correctly, don't let it sit in a drawer. The end of one evaluation cycle should help inform the beginning of the next. Evaluation is an ongoing process. To continuously evaluate is to continuously improve. That does it for the episode and the series. Thank you to all of our contributors and to you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed it and more importantly have been able to take away positive, actionable advice that will help you and your organisation grow. We welcome any feedback you may have. Please send it to info at culturalenterprises.org.uk. The Cultural Enterprises podcast will return for Series 2 shortly with a new format and I'm handing over the reins to a new presenter. Their name is being kept under wraps for now, but they are one of the most respected and popular people in the cultural enterprises sector. Exciting times ahead? Watch this space.